Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. If you're an ambitious woman who wants to dominate your career, then you are in the right place. This podcast is co-hosted by Nikki Barua, digital innovator, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker. And Monica Marquez, ex-Googler, diversity expert, and senior corporate leader. From inspiring stories to cutting-edge strategies, you'll learn how to develop the skill set, mindset, and tool set to get future-ready fast and accelerate your success. Hi, I'm Nikki Brewer, your host for today's episode. When it comes to your finances, are you someone who's diligent, saves wisely, and knows where every penny you've earned goes? Or are you more carefree and you plan to get serious about saving for retirement or for that rainy day when you're in a better place and earning more money? Well, what happens if that rainy day arrives unexpectedly and you're caught without a savings umbrella? In this episode, you'll meet Stephanie Groshev, who's the co-founder and managing partner of GM Wealth Group. Stephanie debunks the common myths and mistakes we make when it comes to our personal finances. She also shares the success habits and mindset necessary for building wealth and not just living on your income. Stephanie has overcome career barriers and achieved success in highly male-dominant fields. She knows firsthand how challenging it can be for women to thrive professionally and financially. That's why she's so passionate about helping women achieve financial freedom. In our conversation, Stephanie shares do's and don'ts on navigating financial uncertainty and the guiding principles to live by so you can achieve your dreams. Visit imbeyondbarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Um, so Thank I you. wanted to have you on the show because your topic of expertise is something that everybody is talking about right now, which is money. And um, that's why I wanted to get your perspective. I wanted to share your story with the audience, but also get your you know, expert perspective to help guide our listeners through a very challenging time. So thank you for joining us. And I really appreciate having you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So first off, Stephanie, let's introduce you to our audience. Um, so let's start off with, uh, tell us what you do and what got you there. Okay, great. Um, I am a managing partner in a women-owned wealth management firm. And we manage investments for high net worth individuals and business owners. Mm, that's excellent. So, but you started your own business after a career, after a corporate career. Yes. And in both situations, you uh, are um, the minority in that because mm -hmm. there's not a lot of women on Wall Street and certainly not a lot of women-owned businesses, um, you know, offering financial services and wealth management in your industry. True. So um, tell us about the journey. I mean, what was that like to... Um, you know, stand out and also to then transition and be, again, uh, a unique sort of firm in your industry? Well, it all started out, I'll go back even prior to um, my 
career beginnings in the wealth management industry, but I actually started off my career after college in the oil and gas industry. So Whoa. I have this <laughs> so you like to So you like to be the only in every yes, career I you play. <laughs> I like to break those barriers. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was a really interesting job. Um, I was in sales in oil and gas, and I had you know, a very successful career in that field, but I just really wasn't fulfilled. Mm. And I was looking for something else that would give me purpose. Mm. And um, from childhood, I'd always been taught about principles of investing, and that was something that I had this like, natural affinity for. So um, I went and talked to a friend of mine whose mom was um, a very high-level advisor in a major Wall Street firm. And I asked her, what's it like to be in this industry? Do you think it's something that, you know, it is good for women? And she said, don't do it. It's the <laughs> hardest thing <laughs> that you would ever do. So, of course, do. being the maverick that you are, you did exactly <laughs> what she told you not to. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then she said, well, what do you do now? And I said, oh, I'm in sales and oil and gas. She goes, oh, well, then you should do it. So, <laughs> so that's how I ended up there. Um, so I ended up working for a major Wall Street firm um, back in 2001. And I've always had this, you know, quote from my father in my head. And he always said this, don't let anyone ever tell you you can't do something just because you're a girl. Oh, love so, that. So that's how I got to where I am today. Um, being bullheaded, right? <laughs> 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 so fast forward to my career in, the, in a major Wall Street firm. It was a great place to work. It was a great training ground. But um, I had the benefit, or some people would say the curse, mm -hmm. of starting my business in 2001. Mm. So um, I studied, got my license in about April of 2001, and then September 11th happened. Yeah. So I had to learn how to navigate through that um, and continue to build my business. And things were, you know, going great, working out well. And then here came, so then here came 2008. 2008. <laughs> another crash. <laughs> yeah, another crash. So I've had the um, well, uh, impeccable timing, I guess is what you can say yeah. uh, about my business there. But one of the things, to answer your question, one of the things that stood out to me as to why um, I wanted to go out on my own um, I was working with another woman in the office and we had similar values and we treated clients in similar ways. Um, during 2008, there were uh, mass mergers in the financial industry, to say the least. Mm -hmm. And we were seeing that the trend was really going toward um, a more transactional type relationship and more product versus client. Mm. And I just don't believe in that. And my business partner did not either. So we really favor the more um, long-term relationships, more on a consultative type mm -hmm. basis. So we wanted to take our business and build it that way. So that's mm -hmm. what we did. That's so incredible because um, you really focused on what gave you purpose and meaning 
and align with your values of serving your clients from a place of making a difference in their lives. Um, mm-hmm. And money and wealth is so much a part of what shapes our life experience right. and empowering their dreams as opposed to pushing products because of commissions and, you know, or treating the relationship transactionally versus something that stays for the long haul. And from the client perspective, as someone who's had experiences with numerous uh, firms over the years, hands down, I can tell you, like, you know, when you are treated with care, it makes all the difference in the world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it's um, so that's incredible that you know that is what led to you taking that leap of faith and and launching your own firm. But once you made that decision to say mm-hmm. that's it, um, you know, it's we want to build something on values and we want to launch our own thing. It's one thing to have that idea, another to execute on it. Correct. Tell us what that was like. I mean, was it scary? Was it? Um, what were some of the challenges you faced in the early days? It was terrifying. Um, to, it's one thing to know how to deal with financial assets and how to deal with clients, but it's a completely different thing to run a business. Mm-hmm. And you have to learn to marry those two together. And, you know, it, it was a series of trial and error. You know, some things as simple as how do we get a phone system mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> to where's our office going to be, you know, and in the meantime, you're trying to care for clients. So all those things that go into being an entrepreneur, not easy, right. but you know, it's something that you just figure out over time. Right. And, and it's keeping, you know, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> How many rolls of toilet paper do you need to order? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, That's it's, right. It's, uh, you know, sometimes uh, entrepreneurship uh, tends to show up in the media as such a glamorous idea, you know, that entrepreneurs right. live the life and, you know, there's Maseratis in the driveway and uh, millions in the bank account. And the reality is, you know, all of these things that you have to deal with, um, roll up your sleeves, there's total humility. You just got to do what you got to do to build everything from the ground up. Um, but the pure joy of seeing things on the other side, there's no greater fulfillment. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And the way you look at it is, is that, you know, there's no job that's beneath me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm going to do them all and learn how to do them all. And it's worked out very well. We turned 10 this year. Congratulations. That's mm, incredible. You. Congratulations on a decade of, uh, you know, given the survival rate of, um, you know, uh, small businesses and, and especially women-owned firms, mm-hmm. that is an incredible achievement. So kudos to you and your team for thank you. obviously creating so much value in the marketplace that clients continue to choose you. So speaking of clients, now Mm -hmm. your clients are also predominantly women, right? Women executives and women entrepreneurs? I would say it's about 50-50, but something interesting has happened since the pandemic started. Most of the new clients that we are getting are women. Mm. That's interesting. Why is that? I think that there are so many women out there that are rethinking their financial lives. Mm. You know, we've got time now 
since we're socially distanced mm -hmm. and it's given people time to really think through what it is they want out of their financial lives mm -hmm. and we're finding that um, more and more women are making those uh, plans to move forward with those goals that they put on paper now during this time when in isolation when they've had some real you know, good time for introspection. Mm, that's incredible. But that also raises another question of why does it take a crisis to take action on something that is so such a vital part of life? And yet it's um, so many people go through their entire careers without really actively uh, managing their wealth or um, investments. Um, so I'm curious from your perspective, because you've had the unique vantage point of um, serving very large um, client bases across a lot of dimensions. What are, 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 what are some common patterns that you've observed in terms of how men invest versus how women invest? First of all, are there differences? And if so, what are they? Yes, there are. And I think it's not just in how they in invest, but also sort of like a behavior patterns. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that, and if you look at all the studies that are out there, and there are a million of them, but a lot of them say the same things. Men are risk takers, women are risk avoiders. Mm -hmm. You see some of that. But you see women are very detail oriented, while men are very big picture. Mm -hmm. And we find that... Uh, with men, sometimes they want to jump in without all the information. Mm. And we see that women will hang back and want to gather more information before they make those decisions. So it's, it's just a, a kind of a different mindset. Mm. Um, so what are some you, of the consequences of that difference? I mean, is there um, a negative or perhaps a positive consequences? Well, I think that um, it's neither negative nor positive uh, men versus women, but I do think that um, sometimes in either situation, the most important component that they miss is risk. Mm. And, and what do you mean by that? I think that sometimes um, you will see certain people jump forward and make decisions and not consider risk. Mm. And so they could fall into a trap. But then on the other side of the fence, you could also see people who um, miss opportunity because they don't too take, cautious. Yeah. Right. They don't take enough risk. Mm. So I think you can see it on both sides of the scale. Mm. Got it. Um, so taking a sort of a 50,000 foot perspective, what are some of the guiding principles that you have learned in your career that are important in terms of wealth creation? I think that not waiting is a big one. Mm. So when you're a young person, you've just graduated from college and you've gotten your first real job, sign up for the 401k. Mm. Don't delay. It's really, really important because if you consider one of the most in, important factors in building wealth, wealth is time, mm. right? So if you start early, you have to, you'll have to save a lot less to get to that goal over time. 
And we see time because the money is doing the work for you. I mean, the compounding effect Correct. is doing the Correct. work for you versus you having less time and then having to put in more to yield the same amount at the end. Right. And while, you know, like we were talking about earlier, while Prada shoes and Gucci purses are beautiful, in retirement, you can't eat them. So <laughs> it's important. <laughs> <laughs> nor in an emergency yeah, <laughs> they're not right. really effective assets in an emergency like a pandemic <laughs> that's right <laughs> so I think <laughs> it's really important to not wait and consider yourself very important pay yourself first before you pay anything else consider yourself a bill and pay it like you pay your rent or your mortgage or any of your insurance or any of your other things, mm -hmm. always pay so yourself So when first. you say pay yourself first, specifically you mean pay yourself towards your retirement funds Correct. or what have you. Invest Correct. in yourself. Um, Correct. Don't make that something that you think about after you've paid off everyone else and then you think, okay, well, what do I have left? Now let me see if there's anything left versus Correct. making the decision first. Make yourself a priority. Even when it's painful, make yourself a priority. Hmm. That is wise advice in all times and all situations. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so, you know, when you think about, um, let's say a hypothetical of um, someone who graduated from business school and is starting off in their um, corporate career with a major corporation, um, got great compensation and benefits and so forth, but they're mm -hmm. trying to figure out, well, you know, I'm young, I'm not married yet. I don't have kids or dependents. Uh, I don't really own a home yet. I don't really need to worry about sort of saving or investing or any of that. I don't really need to worry about life insurance or, you know, any of the things that uh, mm -hmm. you start to think about at a certain age. What advice would you give to someone in that situation? I mean, is, is it okay for them to not bother with any of these things yet? Because, you know, they have a whole lifetime ahead? No. I think first and foremost, if, you, if you've got your great consulting gig or you're working for, you know, a big Fortune 500 company, 500 company they are all going to offer retirement plans. So you need to participate. Number one, you need to start saving. But number two, if you're not participating in their 401k, you're paying too much tax. Mm, that's, that's a big one. Right. And another thing is, and I think um, everybody needs to have this, is an emergency fund. Mm. And I think the pandemic has really um, opened this up for everyone to see what the savings rate in the United States looks like. And while now it's starting to grow, it has been too low for too long. And, you know, you could figure out what is most comfortable for you. But we look at telling young people, try to have at least six months salary in savings at all times. Because things just happen mm -hmm. that you have no control over. So you need to be prepared. Absolutely. And I think so many people um, and so many families have been affected uh, unexpectedly because obviously no one predicted crisis after crisis this year and just not having the resources to make it through. But 
what would you tell someone who doesn't have that many resources to begin with that they're barely getting by paycheck to paycheck? And I don't, I, I mean, these are even corporate professionals that are sure. you know, living a lifestyle where they're getting by paycheck to paycheck, just don't have that much left over to invest and what have you. I mean, how does someone in that situation even start to turn things around? I mean, is that when you need an expert to guide you? And like, mm -hmm. what, what steps would you take? Well, I think first and foremost, you probably need to revisit your budget mm. and see if there are some things in there that could possibly be taken out. And then consider if you are working for a corporation and they have some sort of retirement plan, even if you put 1% of it to, and 1% of your salary into the plan to start, you're still better off than putting nothing. And that 1% out of your paycheck is probably not going to make a difference into what you bring home, but over time, the compounding of that 1% contribution will mm -hmm. make all the difference. Got it. Yeah, and it's um, not thinking that, oh, it's too little, why bother saving? It's anything is better than zero. Correct. And it's just getting started soon. Correct. So let's talk about just the current situation. I mean, obviously, there's a ton of economic uncertainty and there's mm -hmm. um, people who's, who've lost their jobs or at risk of getting laid off. Um, and there's general sort of, you know, anxiety uh, about personal finances. There's a tendency to have knee-jerk reactions at such times. What is the emotional state and mindset that is important during such uncertain times? Well, first things first, don't panic. Second thing you need to do is really just sit down by yourself and think. I do that every morning before I get to work. I sit for just a few minutes and just think about what do I need to accomplish today? Mm -hmm. and start checking off your list, right? Mm -hmm. But focus on um, your budget. And we know during the pandemic, people are spending less, so you can save a little more during mm -hmm. this time. Um, but also don't pay attention to all of the stuff out there. We call it the noise. Mm -hmm. So navigate the noise is what mm -hmm. we're saying. You know, you've got the news coming at you. You've got all kinds of articles coming at you from the internet. Just do not pay attention to that and focus on your goal. Mm. Navigate nice. through that noise. Right. And, and stay centered in a longer term strategy instead of being reactive to mm -hmm. the news cycle. Right. And if you do have an advisor, um, just because we're, socially distanced right now we don't need to be socially disconnected mm. so talk to your advisor tell them about you know your concerns and your and your feelings about your goals and have them walk you through it mm -hmm. so um, that brings up a good point which is one how do you even find an advisor you know in terms of mm -hmm. choosing one because on one hand there's so many out there Right. Uh, what are some sort of criteria for choosing one wisely? Um, but secondly, you know, one of the things that I've found, certainly in my um, community of working professionals, is um, especially with the women, there's um, so many of them have never actually gotten advice from an advisor. 
they, they don't have someone to guide them. It's mm-hmm. sort of, you know, like managing the, your books yourself, right? I get paid, it goes into a bank account, I pay the bills, and then what's left over, I spend or I save in a savings account or put into my 401k, and that's about it. There's um, this myth that, well, I don't really have investable assets over $10 million, so it doesn't make sense for me to work with an advisor. So keeping that in mind, that mentality in mind, what would you say to someone who's thinking like that to say, well, I really don't have enough to even get an advisor. Um, and if I did, I wouldn't know how to choose one. Well, I would think the first thing you do is to, um, I know a lot of people nowadays have mentors that they work with inside corporations. Mm-hmm. I would ask them for a referral or ask uh, someone you trust for a referral because I think it's hard nowadays just to go online and find someone. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, trusted networks are more helpful mm-hmm. in that regard. And in terms of people feeling like, oh, if my account's too small, um, we don't think like that. Uh, we, we want to work with people who want to work with us and that we can help. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, the, the most important thing when you meet with an advisor is you want someone to listen to you. Mm-hmm. And then collaboratively come up with the right plan for you. I think that's really, really important. So what, just to uh, demystify things for Mm -hmm. people that are perhaps not used to working with uh, a wealth manager or a financial advisor, what do they do? I mean, if someone walked into your office and asked, you know, um, asked for your guidance, like, what does that process look like? What do you actually do for them? Well, we would sit down and we would talk. Um, We do a lot of talking. (laughs) (laughs) But we'd want to learn about the person. We'd want to learn about their goals. What do they want to achieve in life? And then we would talk about how do we get there? Because I think investments are great, but you need to have a purpose for them, right? Mm -hmm. So you need to have goals and aspirations with monetary values assigned to them. Mm-hmm. And then we can help you apply the appropriate investments to meet those goals. Mm. So to me, just making investments without a purpose is really difficult. Mm. So you're really like a GPS for someone's financial life, sort of (laughs) helping them find their way to the North Star of what they hope to achieve, because it's not so much about the money. It's about what their vision and their goals and aspirations are, what their dreams really are, and Mm -hmm. what resources and choices will help them get there. Correct. And it's no different than having a professional coach, a career coach, or a life coach, you need a financial coach. Right. And, you know, that is, um, it's a lesson that I learned uh, a little later than I probably should have, you know, and uh, I still remember in the early days of my career, despite my successes, it was just a part of my life that I was ignoring because, um, you know, so many women struggle with a money mindset of, you know, I'm not doing it for the money. I'm just grateful for the opportunity, you know, I'm, uh, and so you don't really actively manage what you have. And it really doesn't matter how much you make, it's how much you keep. And if Correct. you're not wise about those strategies, 
um, you can keep going and you have nothing to show for it. And uh, certainly I've benefited tremendously from having, you know, terrific advisors that um, help sort of steer and find that uh, North Star. And the lesson that I ultimately learned was start sooner. Right. And get the right help. Right. Right. So, right. um, so when it comes to money mindset in general, what are some of the things that get in the way for women? I think, and I'll give you a statistic, um, when it comes to retirement, um, there are some statistics that say women's retirement assets are about 70% of men's retirement assets. Wow. So, and it could be for a, a lot of reasons. One could be that, you know, we started to work later in life. Mm-hmm. One could be that we started a career, then stayed home to take care of the kids and then went back to work. So there is a gap in savings there. Mm-hmm. So um, it could be for all kinds of reasons, or it could be that we just never really you know, focus so much on the investing and building wealth part and we focus more on the career goals Mm. and creating, you know, um, going up that corporate ladder, getting higher income, but then not focusing on the wealth creation part of that because high income is one thing, but income does not equal assets. Mm. That's an important distinction because that's often confused of my paycheck is going higher year after year because I'm switching jobs and getting promoted and taking pride in that higher paycheck, but really you're not moving the needle in terms of um, asset growth and wealth creation. Right, right. So demystify that a little bit for us, you know, break that down a little bit further. In regard to the income versus assets. Yeah. So we'll see some people, and I'm not saying it's specifically women or men, it's people in general, but they will not focus so much on the the wealth generation part of their lives. They focus more on the income part. But then if something happens and we don't have the assets to, for example, cover an illness Mm-hmm. Um, cover a lost job, something like that, then what happens is what retirement assets they have end up paying those bills. Mm. So it eats into our net worth. Yeah. So the way I see it is um, no matter what you do, put your retirement funds on lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you really need to put into lockdown. <laughs> the lockdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or have very, very good reasons to tap into that. You know, Correct. It should not be for survival. Um, Correct. And, you know, there are smart ways to do that. And in certain instances, it can be done. But I think you'll need to talk through with an advisor on the smartest way to do that. Mm, that's true. Um, so what are some of the, I'm going to switch into a little bit more about your personal journey, Mm -hmm. now having had this uh, very successful career both on Wall Street as well as leading your own firm and helping so many people and making a difference in so many people's lives, what are you most proud of? I'm proud of 
helping our clients achieve the goals that they put out for themselves. It's so exciting to see when someone comes in to us and says, in five years, I want to own my own business. Mm -hmm. And in five years, they get there. That's so amazing to me. Because you're making people's dreams come true. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> and what is, what is the number one lesson you have learned in your career? Especially as an anomaly in your industry, right? You're always in the, you know, the, uh, the uh, minority of someone who has achieved successes in your industry. So what is the most important lesson you've learned? It's perseverance. Mm. You know, you're going to have up, up days and down days. And as we can see, even from lately, there's, you know, ups and downs in one day. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> it's just, you know, stick, focus to your goal, stick to your goal, have focus, and don't give up. Mm. It's, um, the principles are so simple, mm -hmm. they're not easy. Correct. <laughs> Correct. But easier that's said why, than done, right? Easier said than done. <laughs> and, you know, it's choosing to do what's right, you know? Right. Not settling for what's easy. So, but they are simple principles to follow. Yes. Um, one of the other things that would be very helpful to get your perspective on is, you know, you've, you've seen and worked with very successful, very wealthy people. Mm -hmm. What are some of the success habits? when it comes to wealth creation or that has led to wealth creation, perhaps that you have observed that everyone can learn from. I think what we see from our um, very high net worth clients is that they are consistent savers. And it's interesting. Even the ones who are retired, they don't want to take their money out. They want to keep saving. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very interesting phenomenon. There's that, and then there's also this idea of risk. Mm. And those people who have built large amounts of wealth really pay attention to risk because they want to stay wealthy, mm. correct? So they will um, do what they can to keep risk at a minimum. Mm. That's um, really a valuable perspective because on one hand, the myth is that you have to be a big risk taker to create right. big wealth. And the irony is that a lot of very successful people really manage to the downside right. of reducing their risk or um, taking calculated risks as opposed to uh, just focusing on the upside. That's correct. That's because correct. so much harder to make it than to keep it. Correct. Know, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, well, what final words of advice would you have for our audience to guide them during this time? I would say, uh, repeat, navigate the noise right now. Mm. Don't focus on the news bites. Really focus on you and save as much as you can during this downtime. Don't forget that you are the most important. Take care of yourself. Pay yourself first. That's really, really important. And be consistent. Mm. And if you can find the help of an advisor, I would highly recommend doing that. Um, just to have someone guide you, um, to give you a roadmap on how to achieve those goals that you set for yourself. 
That's fantastic. Thank you for that advice. And um, if so, for people that may not know where to even begin, um, is that an opportunity for them to perhaps connect with someone like yourself um, mm-hmm. for guidance to even just like a diagnostic, if you will, to say, you know, I need a health check. I need a, you know, uh, review to say, um, I don't know where to begin. I have no idea how to navigate this crisis. I uh, just need an expert opinion, even if Absolutely. you're not ready to do anything else. Absolutely. So that's excellent. Uh, We'll be sure to share your information, um, you know, with our audience so that they can, they know, you know, an expert that they can reach out to and get some guidance and help during this difficult time, because this has affected so many people in terms of just uh, being able to sleep soundly at night and not worry so much about the day-to-day uncertainty and worry about what's going to happen next, that just having an expert who can um, guide them and give them um, an unbiased, um, realistic, objective perspective, and then help to navigate like that GPS and get them not only through the noise, but to a better place. I think that would be very powerful. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. And uh, we look forward to seeing you continue to uh, break the norm in (laughs) industry and business. And uh, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com, where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources referenced in this episode. And be sure to take the quiz on the website. Your score will tell you where you are, what helps you gain momentum, and what holds you back. You'll also get a free guide with cutting-edge career strategies. We'd also love to hear from you. Share your comments and topic suggestions on IamBeyondBarriers.com and we'll be sure to address them in future episodes. If you enjoyed our show today, please subscribe and rate the podcast or just tell a friend about it. See you next episode.